Hey guys, welcome to Rooted Podcast. The mission here at Rooted is to encourage you to be grounded in God's word alongside authentic community. Join us as we look at life through the lens of the gospel. Now here's your host, Danielle Parker, with Dr. Thornwell Parker, aka my dad. So we are about to hop into a conversation about what it looks like to be a believer while in the medical field. So dad, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of background into what you do and how you have gotten to where you are now. You bet. Well, first of all, I'm a husband of an amazing wife, three incredible kids, um, pretty involved in serving in our church and in ministries. And then thirdly, I'm a doctor. And uh, as far as my medical expertise go, I specialize uh, in both both plastic surgery and in the areas of dermatology pertaining to skin cancer. And so we specialize in removing complex skin cancers from people's faces, particularly the eyes, the ears, the nose, the lips, and then also doing the reconstruction to put people back together. Yeah, so kind of off of that, it takes a lot of schooling and practice to get to where you are. What did your personal journey look like? So where did you go to college? What about residency? What is... Um, the whole process of getting to where you are look like and how many years you bet. was that? Well, how many years? That's a good question. So after graduating high school, I had a, another 14 years of school, and that was the quick way. So that's four years of college at Wake Forest University. That's, Go Deeks. That's right. Four years of medical school at Baylor College of Medicine down in Houston. And then after finishing medical school, you decide what specialty you want to go into. And so I chose to go into plastic surgery. I did a sort of an accelerated five-year program where I did three years of general surgery and two years of plastic surgery. And that was at UT Southwestern Medical School in Dallas. Uh, and after that, I, one of the things I enjoyed doing the most in plastic surgery was doing facial reconstruction after skin cancer. And so I ended up going and did a dermatology, a surgical dermatology fellowship in Mohs surgery so that I could do even more skin cancers. And so I have sort of a unique training blending both the plastic surgery and the dermatology side together. Yep, yep. We love that. Okay, so tell us a little bit because you're obviously a believer. Guys, he's my dad. He's the best. Awesome. Um, And has taught me so much about my walk with the Lord. But what did it look like for you kind of in this stage of life in college slash high school? What did your early years as a believer look like? Mm, Good question. Um, Well, I don't want to spend too much time telling you every detail of my life. But, you know, I'll say I I became a believer when I was in middle school. But it probably wasn't until I was in high school. Probably 10th grade, I was at summer camp at Pine Cove out in Tyler, Texas. And and that's really the first time I remember really sort of turning my whole life over to the Lord. I remember somebody kind of giving an analogy that that being a Christian is kind of like having a house, and the house has a lot of rooms. And sometimes as Christians, we only want to let God come into the living room or only come into the kitchen. But, but, uh, but the analogy was that really God wants to be a part of our entire life. He wants to be able to come in all the rooms and be a part of all the things uh, that we do from day to day. And so that was kind of the first time I really remember sort of consciously turning my entire life over to the Lord, and, and everything changed since then. Yeah, so kind of off of that, would love to ask you about um, how you allowed him into not just your moments with him while spending quality time in the Word, but also how did that kind of turn into your time at school and then eventually into your career. So as a doctor, the training and the schooling to go into the medical field is very intense, um, 
a very intense environment that is typically characterized Can by true, true. ambition and hustle. Yes. Um, so how did you try to balance ambition and career focus while also being on mission for the Lord? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, medical school certainly can be very competitive to get into. Um, and then even once you get into medical school, it's not over. It's, a, it's, it's one step after another. So getting into a residency program like plastic surgery or dermatology can also be highly competitive. And so there's a whole lot of hoops you got to jump through and things you have to do to, to get to that point. And it can be competitive. And, uh, and so I think for me, you know, having a faith and knowing that the Lord is sovereign in my life and in control and believing that I'm going the direction that the Lord wants me to go gave me a lot of peace through that process, you know, being able to to pray through those decisions. I, I felt at a relatively young age when I was in high school that the Lord was calling me to be a doctor. And, and then when I was in medical school, felt the Lord calling me into plastic surgery. And so it made those decisions easier and it made doing the things I needed to do easier. But, but there's certainly a lot of challenges along the way. I think, I think one of the hardest things is uh, when we see big challenges like that is trying to take matters into our own hand and sometimes becoming nervous and, and trying to cut corners. And it's, it's you know, interesting uh, with other days of family, you know, we were talking as a family about um, looking back at a lot of the characters in the Bible. And I think one of the most fascinating patterns we see over and over again is that God will call somebody to a task and, or, or give a person a vision of, of the future and what he wants them to be or where he wants them to go. Uh, but unfortunately, then man will often take matters into his own hand and use uh, different things to, to try to get to those ends that uh, that can cause discord and cause trouble, and we see that over and over again. Whether it was Abraham, uh, you know, Abraham told was told that he would be blessed and have a huge family, and and yet, you know, rather than being patient and waiting on the Lord, you know, he ended up having relations with other women to have children uh, in a premature time uh, before the Lord had anointed that time. And so we see that pattern over and over again. And then we see some great examples of the opposite of that. We see David and uh, when Saul is pursuing David and trying to kill David, um, David has a couple of opportunities, opp- opportunities to, to take matters into his own hand and to kill Saul. Um, and yet he chooses not to because even though the Lord has told him he was going to become a great king, he knew that to kill King Saul was wrong. And instead, he, he waited and he held back. And in the end, it's really crazy, but Saul ended up killing himself. And so um, that was a great example of, of David trusting in the Lord to get him to where he needed to be. That's a really long answer. But the, the answer then in my life is that as, as you go through these different challenges and you are trying to get into medical school and you're trying to get into college and you're trying to get into residency, is to be able to trust in the Lord, to do the right thing, to be honest, to be forthright, and to work hard, and to trust that the Lord's going to take care of the results. And I think when you have that trust and that faith, it gives you a whole lot of peace along the way. And without that peace, it can be a very um, be a time filled with anxiety and uh, and fear and concern, and it can cause you to behave in ways that might not be the natural way that you're inclined to behave. But uh, when you have faith and peace, it makes it a lot easier to do the right thing. Yeah, that's really good. Um, something that I just realized that I haven't asked you yet, but kind of off of that, why? Wh- how would you state this in one sentence or answer this question in one sentence? Why did you decide to go into the medical field? 
That's another great question, and uh, you know, there's a couple answers. The first answer is uh, it's not a great answer. I was actually in in middle school, and uh, my father and I, uh, Daniel's grandfather, we were on the way to a Boy Scout camp out, and we were driving out through West Texas, and we were stopped at a traffic light in Weatherford, Texas. Uh, and he started asking me, he said, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And up until that point in life, I'd always wanted to be a pilot, just like my dad. My dad was a pilot. He flew planes for American Airlines for many years. And I, I loved what he did and always admired my father and I always wanted to do the exact same thing he did. And uh, unfortunately, in middle school, I had to get glasses. And back in those days, if you weren't 2020, you had about 0% chance of going on and becoming a pilot. And my dream was to go to the Air Force Academy and fly Air Force jets and then go into the commercial industry. Uh, But back then, if you had glasses, it was a pretty small chance you could ever get in. And so I had to change course. So my father was quizzing me and asked me what I want to do. And I said, I I really don't know. And uh, and this is not a, a great spiritual answer, but he said, you know, he goes, I just read this article and it said heart surgeons make Six hundred to eight hundred thousand dollars a year, and I said, oh, "I said that sounds great. I'll do that." <laughs> so, so that's really my first and sad reason for choosing the medical field. And you wanted to do cardio. I did for a long like... time. I really, I was really fascinated by <laughs> cardiothoracic really surgery and just the idea of being able to open somebody up and to fit, fix a beating heart was such an amazing idea. But, but I will say that that uh, that was in my earlier immature years. And as I started going through high school and as I really became a dedicated believer and really desired to pursue what the Lord would have for me, I really started to pray about it a lot. And I actually distinctly remember being at a, at a summer camp. It was called the Rocky Mountain Getaway. It's a Christian camp in Estes Park, Colorado that I went to. And I remember just praying and praying, Lord, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? And I just really felt the Lord calling me into the medical field. And not not because of the money, but really because I felt like it's where he wanted me to be, where he could use me, and uh, and how he'd equip me. Good stuff. Um, okay, so moving on to where you are now. Um, and I know I've shadowed you a few times and I've seen kind of how you interact with your patients. Your patient clientele um, is a lot older than most, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, I would say in general, you know, most skin cancer patients, and we we do a lot more than skin cancer. We do all kinds of scar revisions and lumps and bumps. We do cosmetic stuff as well. But by far the most, most, most of what we do is skin cancer. That's the most common thing we do. And, and in general, most skin cancers tend to occur most often in people as we're approaching 60 years of age. Now, that said, I take care of people all the time in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s with skin cancer. In fact, my college roommate at Wake Forest, he was a lifeguard from Florida. He got his first skin <laughs> cancer when he was 18. So you certainly can get it when you're younger. But by far, most skin cancer patients are in their 60s or older. Yeah, so I guess kind of off of that, how do you now use your current platform to promote the kingdom of God? And like, what is the most authentic way to share Christ with your patients and also with your staff? Um, I know from my experience, like when I walk in to your um, operating rooms, you're playing Christian music and that opens doors to conversations. But what are some unique ways that you try to so be alive? That's a good question. I mean, there's, there's a lot of aspects to this that aren't unique to the medical field. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, um, you know, as a Christian, I think the most important thing is just being consistent across our entire day. So not just when we go to work or not just when we're at home or not just when we're at church, but trying to be a consistent Christian at home, at work, at church, and just being being authentic. And so that's most important. I think secondly, I think just trying to love and care for people 
um, I think is so important. And, and sometimes we're not naturally inclined to do that, or sometimes we get so busy with work that it's, we forget. And so I've, I've got to, I think one of the things we got to do sometimes is slow ourselves down and to think about people and, and also too, to pray, pray the Lord would give us compassion, pray the Lord would give us empathy, pray he'd give us, he'd fill us with love, that we would see people the way he sees people, that we would love people the way he loves people, even, even the ones that are difficult. And I'm really blessed. My patients are amazing. I mean, I have so many just incredible patients and they're so loving too. I have so many just amazing patients that, that pour back into my life, that pray for me, that care for me. And so I'm very blessed in that regard. And then sometimes I have some really difficult patients. And I tell you, because I have so many great patients, it makes it easier to take care of the ones that sometimes aren't so easy. But, uh, but so those, that's kind of the general philosophical, I think, approach to, to ministry is, is loving people and just trying to be authentic. Um, and, and then, too, there's just, I think, the disciplines of a Christian life. I think spending time in the Bible, spending time in prayer, just having your mind focused. Um, so now as a doctor, there's some practical things I do. Um, and you know, it's just the environment I'm in, but you know, there's things, you know, I just, you know, some of the things I try to do is I try to have some different reading materials available in my waiting room. If patients are bored and want something to read, I try to have some different uh, Christian materials available if patients want to read those. Um, you know, since I'm the one working all day in the office, I, I pick the music that gets played. So a lot of times I will play Christian (laughs) music throughout the day. So we have a lot of different Christian music on the radio. You know, if a patient wants to listen to something else, we're happy to change the station while that patient patients in the room, but but typically we have, have Christian music playing throughout the day. And then I think uh, being, again, being able to slow down and talk to patients when they're hurting or when they're in need or when they've had a spouse that's passed away or or they're going through some other trial, you know, just trying to be a listening ear and just trying to listen out for opportunities to take care of people and love people. I think, too, if things happen, you know, sending people cards and, and, uh, and, and, and stuff like that just to let them know that we are thinking about them and caring. And, uh, and then I think too, I think how you run your office and how you take care of the people that, that you work with. So I think, you know, you could love your patients really well, but if you're really ugly to your, your, um, staff and to all the people you work with is, again, it's not consistent with who you should be. And also creates a really obviously negative vibe within the office. So I think really taking care of the people that you work with, loving those people creates an environment where everybody hopefully is feeling loved and cared for, and then in return is caring for patients who are coming in. So, so those are some of the ways that we, we try to share, share the love with people. And, uh, and then too, just the words we use and talking with people, you know, taking opportunity, taking opportunities we have to talk and share. And, you know, so one of the neat things about what I get to do, I, and I, I love what I get to do. And one of the reasons I love what I get to do is because we um, do a lot of little surgical procedures, um, I get to be in a room with a patient often a little bit longer than you might be normally. So we might do an operation that takes 20 minutes. And, and near that time, I often enjoy getting to talk to patients and hearing about their family and what they enjoy doing. But then also, too, I get to ask and hear about, you know, where they go to church and, and what that means to them. And so that's really special. Because most of them are awake while you're per- Most are awake, surgery. yeah. Most of these procedures are, are they're awake under local anesthesia. And then in addition to that, I uh, many, of my pat- many of the patients we have, we also screen do body checks or mole checks on a regular basis. So these patients come back to see me every six months or every year. So it's fun because I get to meet people and get to know them over the course of months and years and, and even decades. And uh, so there's a lot of follow-up over the years. And and they know me and know my family and know things about me and, and vice versa. And then I take care of them. I take care of their spouses. And I take care of their kids. And I take care of their neighbors. And I take care of their friends from church. So it's really fun. You build a really neat network of people um, that, that, again, if you're authentic and, and love people, well, it just creates a really beautiful environment to be in. 
Good stuff. Um, okay, so kind of transitioning to the STEM field in, in general, um, because the medical field is definitely based more on science than the humanities, if anything. Um, but as people in the STEM field are typically not believers of um, a god or a religion, they're typically quote-unquote believers of science, um, they would com- they would claim that there is no religion and there is no God. So kind of my question off of this is how have you encountered this worldview in your field? Um, and what would you say to someone who says they strictly believe in science? And maybe this might be, might pertain more to your residency years and medical mm-hmm. school years, but, mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts? Well, that's another good question at, you know, and certainly science, you know, there's, there's many people of, uh, many Christians and people of other faiths that are in the science fields. So, and then there's many that aren't, you know, and um, there is something unique, though, something difficult, I think, about going through medical school and residency, though, that sometimes beats the goodness out of us sometimes. It is, it is such a physically, emotionally, and sometimes spiritually taxing training. It's so intense that, that and, this, and then you experience a lot of hurt, a lot of patients who are hurting, and uh, and so you have to sometimes build walls up, it seems, that uh, that can often leave you scarred, I think. And so I think a lot of people leave their medical training sort of scarred and hurt and 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 a little bit less emotionally connected to those around them sometimes. And then also too, from a from a science and spiritual standpoint, too, I think people sometimes um, sometimes walk away from their faith or less inclined to prioritize their faith. Now, as far as science goes, you know, and, you know, is there a conflict between science and faith? I mean, I would say no. I mean, in, in, in my view, you know, the scientific method, you know, studying things and things that are true and things that are repeatable is incredibly important. And, uh, and I, I place so much value in science. And yet, at the same time, I believe that all truth is God's truth. So if something's true. It's God's truth. Everything that's true is 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 true, and, and God is truth, and God is love, and so and so. I think those two go hand in hand. That you know, science does not and should not in any way ever contradict God's truth ever. Just by nature, it can't. And so, so in my mind, it, it, there's no conflict. Now, not everybody would agree with that, and there are people that that would say, oh, well, you know, there's conflict here or there, you know. But um, but um, if anything, it points to it. I think it does. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like you were saying, um, people build up walls and they experience just things that they weren't expecting to experience Mm -hmm. while going into the medical field. As a doctor, um, I'm sure you're no stranger to the pain and the disappointment um, and loss that people face. Um, And that might be over-dramatized in TV shows and stuff, but... um, how do you yourself personally deal with things that you have witnessed and how do you help your patients cope with hardship? And that might pertain more to residency or it might even still to this day to what you're doing mm-hmm. in the skin cancer field. But yeah. That's a good question. I, I think the intensity, the the emotions probably vary quite a bit from from the different fields of medicine. For example, if you're a trauma surgeon in the emergency room and have you know crazy you know car accidents and gunshot wounds rolling in the door, that's a little different environment um, 
versus uh, if you're in pediatrics and you've got parents you have to deal with. At one point in time, I thought I was going to focus on pediatric <laughs> plastic surgery, and I realized how difficult parents can be to work with because there's so much emotion, and and, uh, and some people are called to do that, and some people aren't. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm fortunate and blessed and sort of spoiled in what I do because even though I deal with cancer on a daily basis, most of the cancers I treat are highly curable. The cure rate's often 99% or higher, and so it's very rare, thankfully, that I encounter a fatal skin cancer. Now, that said, I do take care of a lot of skin cancers that can be very disfiguring, so cancers on the nose or the eyes or the ears or the lips, and, and that can be very hard. You know, it's a very emotional thing for a lot of people, and so... Um, you know that's it's it's something that we we see on a on a daily basis but i think i think the the biggest challenge and thing that i have to do and i think every doctor should try to do is you is you have to sort of be able to feel people out because everybody has different expectations some patients some people want lots of details some patients don't want any details some patients are scared to death some some patients are very easygoing and could care less and, and they trust you fully some patients never trust you so it's you get a lot of different emotions and feelings and so I think being able to read people and to, to try to figure out where they are and then to try to give them the information and tools they need to to understand what's going to be going on to try to comfort them as best you can. You don't want to give people false hope if they've got a, a deadly cancer. You don't want to give them false hope, um, but at the same time, you don't want, to, don't want to scare them to death. And at the same time, if somebody's got something that's very simple and, and not a big deal, you don't want them to get overly concerned about something that's a relatively small problem. So it's just trying to fill people out and trying to give them the information you need. I think that's, that's really an important step in, in doing that. Yeah. So as we wrap up, um, kind of just... In a short sentence or two, um, what would you be your biggest piece of advice for a young Christian thinking about pursuing a career in the medical field? Well, I think it's a wonderful field to go into. There's so many opportunities. And sometimes in the news or in public square, you'll hear about, oh, medicine's not what it used to be, or there's, you know, doctors don't get paid as much as they used to get paid, or it's such a hard path to go down. Um, but there's also, there, there's, there's so many rewarding aspects of being a doctor. Um, first of all, being able to help people. I mean, what a blessing to go to work every day and your job is to help people. I mean, how much better can it get than that? So uh, that's amazing. And to, to be given the tools to do that. Um, secondly, it's, it's a great career. I mean, you always need doctors, right? It's a stable, reliable career. You know, you're never going to, hopefully never going to be looking for a job. You're, there'll be so many opportunities out there. Um and, and thirdly, there's such a wide variety of, of types of doctors you can be. So I think sometimes we have a picture of what a doctor is in our mind um, because of an experience we've had. But there's so many different specialties that fit so many different personality types. And that's one of the things you re realize as you go through your training. It's funny how you see different people, different personalities pursue different specialties in the profession between plastic surgery and dermatology and eye surgery. You know, there's so many different specialties. I can't even begin to, to list them all. So it's such an amazing field. So, but what I would say is if it's something you're really interested in, you know, to pray about it, to really seek the Lord and pray that and get confirmation um, that it's a path you should pursue. And then be prepared to work hard. It is not an easy path. You got to work hard. You got to make good grades. You got to jump through a lot of hoops. You got to take your tests and your MCATs and all kinds of stuff. So it's a lot of stuff to prepare for. But, <laughs> but the main thing is as you, if you decide to pursue the path is you just got to trust, you know, work your hardest, trust in the Lord, and um, and just, you know, don't give up to, I think the last thing, let me say one more thing that's really important, I think, is is that 
especially for, for going into medicine, there are so many different steps you have to go through. You have to finish high school. Okay. Then you got to get into a good college. You got to finish college and do really well. And you got to get, got to get into a good med school. And then you got to get through med school and you got to do really good so you can get to a good residency. And then you got to get through a good residency so you can get a good job. So there's all these steps. And sometimes it's really easy to get distracted by all the steps. It's like, oh, if I could only get good grades so I can finish this step so I get to the next step. You know, we keep focusing on the next step so much that sometimes we put life on hold. We put friends on hold. We put family on hold. We put our our time with the Lord, spending time in the Bible and spending time praying on hold because we think we have to put all our energy into getting to the next step. And that's the biggest mistake people make is, is putting everything on hold because they think that's what they have to do. So I think if you're having to make those kind of sacrifices, you might not be in the Lord's will. I, I, and, I, and I don't mean to say that in a judgmental way, but but if you if you think it's where you're meant to go, I think the Lord, I pray the Lord would give you the ability uh, the mental, the physical ability to get there without having to compromise the things that are most important in life. And the things that are most important in life are our faith and our family and our friends. And if we have to forsake those to try to be a doctor, I think you might be going down the wrong path. Yeah, that's because hard. you, I mean, you got married right as you were going into residency. I did. And there are some big pluses and big, big, you know, downsides to that, you know, in many ways I was, you know, when I was in residency and it was hard. I mean, there in residency, I was working almost a hundred hours a week or more. And so it, it makes life difficult. It takes a lot of prayer, a lot of focus, but, uh, but then it was worth it. I love what I do and I love, but more than anything too, I love my family and I love uh, spending time with my church and, and doing ministry. And so I really feel blessed to, to have, all three of those things and to, to hopefully be able to do them well. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for hopping on, Dad. You are so welcome, honey. I love you. <laughs> love you too. Thanks so much for listening to Rooted Podcast. We are so thankful and blessed by you people. We are praying for you and hope that you have a blessed and incredible day.